Hi there, it's Dallas Travers, and you are listening to Coaches on a Mission, the show to follow if you're a values-driven coach building a business that you really want to be proud of. So I just have to say how proud and excited I am to introduce you to this week's guest. Her name is Allie Ball. She's a course creator, a coach, a consultant, and a mentor who I have had the pleasure of talking to nearly every Monday morning for the last three years. That's because Allie is also my accountability partner. So we were both a part of the same mastermind back at the end of 2019. And even before we met in person, Allie agreed to weekly accountability check-ins with me. And the rest is pretty much history. So I invited Allie to the show today so that we could take you behind the scenes of an accountability partnership that really works. You're going to hear Allie and I talk about how we structure our weekly calls, what tools we both use to build accountability with our team, and our surprisingly different approach to accountability and planning. So be sure to stick around until the end because Allie took over the interviewer's mic to actually interview me. She asked me five surprise questions that I could not prepare for, and I didn't expect these questions. My answers also, they might surprise you. So before we dive in, let me tell you about my friend. Ali Ball is the founder and CEO of Retail Ready, this incredibly smart online course that helps packaged food founders get on retail shelves and increase their sales once they're there. Ali has consulted with retail stores across the U.S. to train grocery buying teams on category review prices. I have no idea what that is, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> on increasing sales, on launching private label brands brands, and fine-tuning operations for multi-million dollar departments. Allie is also just one of those very rare people who has a genuine interest in others. She's generous with her time, her ideas, and her incredible listening skills. I just think the world of Allie, and I feel really grateful to call her my friend. All right, so with that, let's talk accountability partnerships, shall we? Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's start the show. Hey, Allie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Dallas. I feel like you're a special celebrity guest on the podcast today, and I'm really <laughs> excited to have this kind of a conversation with you because you and I talk nearly every Monday, and we've been doing that for a couple of years now. So this has a little bit of a different flavor, and I'm excited to dive in. Me too. It's exciting to be on the other side of it here too, and so I, I so appreciate it, and I'm really excited for this conversation. So I want to create a little context for our listeners. Inside of the hive, we often, we're surveying people probably too much. We're gathering so much data all the time. And I would say easily the most common request we get from hive members is, can you partner us up? We, we would love to have accountability partnerships. So we have taken great lengths to help people form their own accountability partnerships. And then there's been a gap between someone's excitement when they request and then their willingness or ability to follow through and make that partnership happen. And that's what inspired me to invite you to come on the show because we're two years strong now. Is that right? Two, three, yeah, 27 I years. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> Dallas, I was thinking about the timeline and I couldn't... I couldn't pinpoint it, but I, I think it started pre-pandemic. 
Yeah, I remember exactly. So let's start there. So everybody, we're going to share with you how our partnership got formed to help you have a little bit of structure around how to form your own accountability partnership. Allie and I, I think, both approach our partnership differently and probably get different things out of it. So we'll talk about that. We're going to move on and talk about accountability with our teams. And then there will be a surprise at the end of this. I asked Allie if she wanted to step into the interviewer's seat and ask me anything. So I have no idea what she's going to ask. And we will see if it makes it into the final episode. (laughs) (laughs) So we both joined a mastermind. And I think enrollment for that mastermind was like November-ish, and it was going to officially begin in January. And I just knew that it's easy for me to fade into the background and not be the best participator if I don't have extra accountability. So I posted in our Facebook group saying, if anyone, I'm thinking about putting a group together of two or three of us to meet weekly for half an hour to specifically hold each other accountable toward our actions, who's in? And you were one of one of the two people who were in and the other one didn't last very long. <laughs> Dallas, I totally forgot about that. We used to be a group of three. And after a couple months, we became a group of two. Yeah, we were a group of three. And the first third person never made it. They ended up leaving the mastermind. And then we had another person who stayed. It was several months, right? But when the mastermind wrapped up, they moved on. But you and I can't really quit each other. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> three years later. It'll be three years it, next month. Right. So tell me, what was it that caused you to say yes to that invitation? I think it's similar to your experience, Dallas, where I knew that if I didn't create accountability outside of myself, that I also could fade into the background and I could get stuck. I could get stuck in my own thoughts, you know, all day, every day working by myself. I've got a small team, but, you know, by and large, it's me by myself at my desk. And so I knew that I also was someone who needed that external accountability. Plus also Dallas, at this point, you and I knew each other from a prior program. So I had a sense of a little bit of a sense of who you were, right? We had overlapped a bit. And when you posted that, I knew immediately, I was like, oh, I want to spend more time with Dallas. I want to be in the room with Dallas. This is my opportunity to say yes. Oh, that's so awesome. I didn't know that part. So we now are, it's going to be going on three years. I want to let everyone know Allie's actually coming up to Portland and we're going to see each other for the first time in person in almost three years. So that'll be really, really fun. But I, overall, what do you think is the reason, this is such a loaded question, that we keep going? Like for you, why is it worth showing up on Mondays at 11 to check in with me after all this time. I love that you just publicly shared our check-in time for the world to hear. I know, right? See who else shows up next <laughs> Monday at 11. Well, Dallas, I find that there are a few key benefits for me. And the first one, I mean, obviously is accountability. We talked about this. In a way, I feel obligated to prep for these meetings. So they're not a waste of time for you. So they're not a waste of time for me. And just that external... Gosh, Dallas, like the obligation to you to not waste your time is really, really important for me. So accountability at a high level is one of the key benefits of it. But then beyond that, I just think there's so much value in having a sounding board 
I am someone who likes to process things by talking, by, you know, saying things out loud. And it's super helpful for me to have dedicated time each week pre-scheduled on my calendar that I get to talk things out with somebody else. Yeah, I'm the same. Accountability, I can just get caught. Time can just fly, right? And I could spend a week inside of Canva if I wasn't careful. There are so many, always the next initiative, always the day-to-day mundane tasks. There are team meetings to have. It's all the things. And I could live inside of my business. And I love starting my week with just a pocket of time, even if I have nothing new to share, right? But it's a little piece of real estate dedicated to looking at the business or working on the business. And that, just knowing that exists is incredibly valuable for me. I also know my personality and with my team, I can talk a pretty good game and be pretty darn convincing. So it's so helpful for me to truly have someone with no vested interest in the company who is, you're super smart. You're a great listener. Like you tick all of those boxes, right? But you also are going to tell me what you really think. And I value that a lot because I don't have a lot of people in my world who, (laughs) I sound so manipulative, but like who I can't persuade Yeah, I mean, I can totally relate to that too, Dallas. And it's almost, when you say that, what comes up for me, it's almost like a coaching relationship where if you are having the same conversations with your coach that you're having with your partner or your colleagues or your best friend, you're having the wrong conversations with your coach, right? So I really value that you and I have very different conversations than I have with my team. I can bring up things with you that frankly aren't appropriate for me to talk about with my team, right? My team doesn't want to hear about my stress level. My team doesn't want to hear about how I might be on the brink of burnout, right? These are not things that are appropriate for me to talk about with my team or frankly, a team issue with, you know, an employee or someone on the team. So having that safe space to do it with someone who is, who is invested in my business yet isn't a stakeholder in the business is really important. Yeah. Well said. And you mentioned it, but another benefit for me too is just a healthy dose of peer pressure. If we're showing up with me to talk, I have to, like, I better have something to say. (laughs) So just the amount of accountability is so useful for me. It's really helpful. And then one other thing, actually, I've got two other things that are really beneficial. One for me, Dallas, is that you set the bar really high and you hold me to it. And you have, over the past few years, you have encouraged me to continue to examine myself in this, you know, somewhat icky online industry. And you've really encouraged me to to shift away from you know, misaligned selling or sleazy enrollment tactics and all of that sort of stuff. And I find so much, you know, so much value in having someone who is, you know, holding me to such a high standard. It's interesting because the standard you hold me to is like less winging it, which is going to lead me to our next question. Because You are someone who's, do you know your Colby? I do. I do. Gosh, I was like, I know. Are you a quick start? Is that what Colby is? Is that that thing? A thousand percent quick start. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. I'm, I'm like the opposite of whatever that is. <laughs> you're, you're kind of fact findery, right? You do all of your research. You've got spreadsheets and bullet points and checklists. And you help me remember to marry my intuition and my decisiveness with 
planning and preparation. So even like for this episode, you emailed, you're like, hi, do you have an outline? I'm like, oh God, Allie, there she goes again. I guess I better make an outline for our recording. <laughs> I did. I did. It was like 48 hours in advance. And of course, like I have a reminder for myself set being like, you know, prep for Dallas's podcast 48 hours in advance. And I didn't have anything that had come through yet. So I'm like, Dear Dallas, do you have an outline? Or if anyone's watching this recording, right, you can see behind me on my wall, I've got the quarterly plan out. And yeah, planning and organization is my superpower. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. And it's rubbing off on me. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that, Dallas. And then one final thing that I that's come out over years of accountability with us is all of the resources that aren't work-related, like books and beauty tools and, you know, self-care rituals and all of that, that stuff that you and I both really enjoy. Pet psychics. Allie's got me laying on a heated crystal mat, everybody. Like, <laughs> you're right. Totally. You're totally. Hilarious. So before, I'll ask this question. What, if anything, has surprised you about our accountability partnership? The biggest thing is how long it's been running. Three years feels like it has flown by. And that's that says a lot, especially, you know, we all know how the past three years have gone. So to have the consistency is really surprising to me. Three years feels like a long time for an accountability group to stay intact. Mm-hmm. I agree. And when I stop and think about it, though, it feels like no time at all. And in, and in the same breath, it's just flown. I agree. Yeah. The thing that has surprised me and it maybe shouldn't is that we have really cultivated a friendship. You know, my intention when I invited the partnership in was really, you know, just let's hold each other accountable and we'll have these very efficient meetings and won't it be great. But we've, we've cultivated a friendship beyond that. And I really value that. Me too. I mean, there's a reason why I'm flying to Portland at the end of the week. I wouldn't do that just for, you know, an online accountability buddy. So I want to just summarize a couple of points that we kind of cruise through in service to our listeners. The first one was how we started this call. I mentioned that I posted inside of our Facebook group an invitation, but everybody, that invitation, it had a couple of key points to it. I proposed what the focus of the accountability group would be. I said it's going to be truly to hold each other accountable. I said the frequency that I would like to meet and how long those meetings would be. So then you, Allie, you knew what you were saying yes to or no to. And then it helped us immediately go from, great, yeah, let's be accountability partners and see how it goes into, okay, let's try this structure out. And I think a lot of accountability partnerships or like peer masterminds never get off the ground because... No one takes a moment to formalize and communicate the structure. Absolutely. I've been in misaligned accountability groups before, and I think all of it stems from setting expectations from the beginning. And Dallas, you did such a great job of extending the invite and getting crystal clear on what you wanted to happen in that group. The other thing I wanted to mention is you and I check in. It's kind of turned into being about like once a year-ish, but we have now had that conversation. Like, how is this going? Would you like to keep continue? How is it working? So like treating it, giving it that little bit of formality has really helped me continue to feel 
bought in and continue to feel, to really experience the value without it turning into something that I have to go to because I, I feel weird about ending it, right? Yeah, just that the constant communication or the regular communication, right? Like a relationship needs checkpoints. And so recommitting to how we want to show up. And we've changed a bit, Dallas, over the you know, over the past three years. We've changed how we interact with each other, how we prep for these, these meetings. And um, that's all because we keep redesigning the relationship. Yeah, that's great. So let's walk people through the structure of our calls. How do they? How do they go down? Yeah, how do they go down? Yeah, so we meet for half hour every Monday. And typically we come in, we've each done some sort of preparation ahead of time. I can talk more about my style of prep in a minute if you want. But what we do is we meet for half hour and we essentially split it up in half, 15 minutes and 15 minutes. Sometimes, you know, if one person has more to talk about, they get to talk longer. But at a high level, we talk about, we check in on the accountability from last time. And then we talk about where we are stuck and where we need support. And that's it. Yep. That's it. And then usually reserve a couple of minutes to talk about eyelashes or gossip about someone we might exactly. know. But otherwise. Exactly. <laughs> you created in the beginning that a shared Google document, which had was like, here's the date we're going to meet. And here's Allie's accountability and checking in. And I felt a lot of pressure to use that in the beginning, not from you, but from me. And then I just realized that's not how I I'm sure you've noticed I've stopped using that document yeah. like a year and a half ago. <laughs> because I still use it every week. If you log in, you'll still you'll see my <laughs> my self-check-in yeah. every week. <laughs> I can't remember what happened exactly that allowed me to just give myself permission to prepare differently. But I'll share how I prepare and then I'd love listeners to hear how you do it. So I find that Monday mornings is when I start thinking about checking in, like what's my check-in with Allie going to be like? And what is the one pressing thing I want to share, I want to ask, or I just need you to bear witness to? So, and I usually will prioritize that one thing. I might have a couple of other quick questions or things to share, but I've learned that I get the most value going deeper into one thing than trying to cover a lot of a lot of bases. And then I write it on a post-it and I'm not ashamed mm. to say it, but it's just on a little pink post-it and I have it in front of me. And then when we're done talking, I throw the post-it away. You don't save <laughs> the post-it? No, I do not. <laughs> Dallas, thanks for sharing that. I, I honestly had no idea how you prepped for our our accountability calls. And I think it's interesting because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you prep for it. You still show up and you're getting what you need out of it. And I feel like you show up prepared and respectful of my time. So it works. Yeah. So tell everyone how you prepare. What's that process like? Okay. So, and I don't think you know this either, Dallas, right? Yeah, not really. I know you've got the bullet points on our Google yeah. Doc that I ignore. Got it. <laughs> this is true. Okay. So every Friday... I do a shutdown ritual in my week. And this comes, I first learned about this from Michael Hyatt and he's a, a leadership coach. He has a, a physical planner that I used for years and years and years called the full focus planner. So this is Michael Hyatt's idea. This is not mine, but it is that we end the week with a shutdown ritual where we review the past week 
highlighting our wins, you know, making sure that we've wrapped everything up. And then we prep for the week ahead. This is the last thing I do on Fridays. And it's really, really important for me because it has, it allows me to leave work behind on Friday afternoons and go fully prepared into my weekends. I mean, Dallas, you know me, I do not work on weekends. And it is all because of this 15 minute shutdown ritual on Friday afternoons. So when I do my shutdown ritual, I also prepare for our Monday check-ins. So I look at my digital calendar. I transfer everything to a physical weekly calendar that I use, like literally a, a piece of paper. And I sketch out my time and my priorities for the week. And again, just like you said, Dallas, I note where I get stuck, where I think I'm going to get stuck on some of that big picture strategy stuff. And then from there, I take that and I transfer it to the Google Doc, our shared Google Doc that I'm updating weekly. So that's all wrapped up on Friday afternoons, so that by the time I wake up on Monday morning, I already know what we're going to talk about. I already have my plan set for the week ahead. That sounds really wise. Really wise. I, I don't know. You're better at this than I am, but I, if I'm being honest, I don't want to turn my brain off. I get so like, and I should see a therapist or whatever, but I get so much energy. It really fills me up to at least have a certain percentage of my brain that's always thinking about the next launch, the next thing. I really don't do well completely shutting down. That's really interesting. And I would say for me, it's more about knowing that the big to-dos are captured somewhere, right? Like I hate the feeling of being on a hike on a Saturday and being like, oh, and there's that thing that I forgot that I've got to squeeze into next week or, oh, I forgot to like wrap up that one email. And so for me, the Friday shutdown is more about ensuring that all of the to-dos are accounted for, either I've done them or they're moving over to the next week. So that I don't have that, those like little things in my brain. Yeah. I love the little things in my brain. <laughs> They're like little hits of adrenaline or endorphin hits. I honestly like hiking and then suddenly thinking like, oh, right. Next week we have to do the X, Y, Z. I love that. And then do you capture that somewhere, Dallas, or you just let it float in your brain? It's both. So I'm really good at... I have a specific binder where I just, and it's it intentionally does, is not lined. So I can write crooked, I can write big, I can write small, and it's a larger notebook. I'm looking to see if it's around and I don't see it in my periphery here. And that's where I'll capture big ideas. And then I have another lined notebook where I capture like more of my to-dos and I can hang on to it in my head. If it's really meant to be done, it, it can live in my brain all weekend long and I'm not going to forget. Right. You're not like hiking with your binder. No, no, no. I don't <laughs> hike with my binder. Yeah. And then thank goodness, like shout out to Julie on my team, who is really the person whose zone of genius is the workflow and the devil is in the details, right? So she's a detail person. And then I know I can communicate with her and, and we're good to go. Wouldn't it be great if you could just build your business focusing on your strengths? 
I see too many coaches struggling to fit into a certain mold and they ignore the easy path. So let's put an end to that. What I want you to do is go to dallastravers.com slash quiz. I've put together a 45 second superpower quiz designed to reveal two things. Number one, the very next step in your business, whether that's list building, client attraction, or scaling with a course. And number two, the natural strength you possess to help you accomplish that task. When you get your results, you'll also get a custom built toolkit with actionable items you can put in place right away to finally make this growth path simpler because you're doing what you do best. So the link again is dallastravers.com slash quiz. Go and check it out and then let me know on Instagram how you scored. Dallas, this actually has me curious about if our accountability check-ins were on a different day of the week, like if they were on a Thursday, would they be as effective? We would have to try it. Let's not, but we would have to try it to find out. But my immediate answer to that question is no. Same. I use our calls as a way to kind of ground into the week. Yeah, same. I even think about that sometimes with one-on-one coaching clients, like the ones who have calls on Thursdays, there's something different about the rhythm of our communication as opposed to the ones who I have on even Tuesday morning. It's different. I've never given that any thought before. That's really interesting to consider. Yeah. So for listeners thinking about accountability, I think the, the question would be figuring out what you want out of accountability. And if it is tied to weekly planning, probably makes sense to do it on a Monday. Or maybe a Friday right? And use that time to ramp up or ramp down. But okay. I want to talk about accountability with your team. So is there a process or a tool that you use to help create accountability with your team without you feeling like you're micromanaging people? So we use two different tools internally and I'll, I'll be clear. So I have a team of three. So there's four of us working together and then some contractors and stuff, but four employees, myself included. So From a high level, we do quarterly planning and we have a Google sheet that acts as a project manager for a 12 week time period for the quarter, right? And each team member owns certain projects and they have full responsibility. They take full, they're fully responsible for using and updating that spreadsheet. So I know that when I go and open that spreadsheet every Monday morning, it should be up to date and I can scan the status column, and I look out for if anything is labeled as stuck, which means that the team member doesn't know how to move forward, or they need like different resources to move forward. I mean, of course, it's that team member's responsibility to seek out the resources to get unstuck, right? And sometimes that resource is me, sometimes it's not. But I can have that high-level overview of what everyone's working on, and on what timeline without having to ping them and say, you know, Gabby, are you working on this email flow? Or Miranda, have you done this for next month yet? Because it's all documented in that 12-week project plan. And that's just a Google, it's just a Google sheet. Yeah, really simple. So we use Asana. Are you in a project management system or are you really relying on the Google sheet? So the one thing that does not work for me For me, Ali Ball is 
a project manager system. Like I've tried ClickUp, I've tried Asana, I've tried Monday, I've tried Basecamp. You know, I, I'm like, I have tried them all. And my team uses them. My team uses ClickUp, but I don't, it just doesn't work for me. I feel like your brain is a project management tool. And so it's hard to get your brain to think differently than it naturally does. And none of these tools are your brain. Totally. And for me, I'm like, I can build a Google spreadsheet that's a replica of my brain. You're right that those other project management tools just, it's like fitting a square peg in a round hole. Yeah, we live by Asana. I felt like when we were a team of two, we could get away with being pretty loosey-goosey in terms of project management. We'd just email each other all the time or text if we felt like it or call. And it was a little bit what like choose your own adventure. But as soon as we became a team of three, all of that broke down immediately. What do you use? We rely on Asana. Just Asana is the one? And also, we wouldn't rely on Asana if I did not have a project. Julie's role is project lead. And her happy place is Asana. And so if, if we didn't have someone on the team who can like bring us all back to <laughs> the same system... I don't know what we'd be doing. I know what we'd be doing. I'd be calling them on their cell phones all the time and no one would be getting any work done. Well, I'll tell you this. I just shared this with my husband the other day and he was flabbergasted, but it's just, I feel like it's a testament to how well our systems work internally at Food Business that I just went to text Gabby, our student success coordinator, and she's been with us. She just hit her one year anniversary. I had to text her something. And I looked at, looked, and in her entire year of employment here, I've texted her one other time. We just don't text. Wow. We do everything yeah. via Google Sheets and Slack. And it just feels so great, right, to know that I'm not relying on texting my employees, interrupting their workday, interrupting their non-work time. We just don't do that. Well, and the other thing around that is... If we text sometimes and other times it's this and maybe it's in the email or like, where did we talk about this? There's no way to keep track. So then you end up wasting a lot of emotional and mental energy plus time just trying to find your way back to that other, to the original conversation. Totally. We use Google Sheets for almost everything. And then we also have another tool that we use every week. And it's just a Slack channel that we have labeled as our check-in, check-out Slack channel. And this is really similar to the Friday checkout, like the shutdown ritual. But every Monday, each person on the team checks into the Slack channel and highlights their priorities for the week. And then every Friday, they check out, myself included, and give a status update on, on their tasks and projects. Yeah. You taught me that. And we've been now doing it for a few months now, and the team loves it. Yeah. You know what I love about it? On Fridays, when we check out, we use different emojis to show that we've done our tasks. And so we can get really creative about what the emojis are, like full, like sunshine, sunshine, rain cloud, or like surfing, surfing. I don't know. What's the opposite of surfing? Like swimming. <laughs> like the emojis really allow us to show like a little tiny bit of personality in like an otherwise pretty boring Slack channel. Right. I used the melty face emoji last week in my checkout. <laughs> Have you had to use that one yet? <laughs> no, I don't think that's a good thing though, right? No, no, it's not a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So for those of you listening, you know, I have had various accountability partners over the years. None of them have lasted three years. And I just want to take this time also, Allie, to thank you because I get so much out of our partnership. I'm able to really reflect on how far I've come just through these check-ins. I get really clear on my priorities moving forward. They have been so grounding and fulfilling for me. So thank you for sharing that space with me. And I just want to encourage our listeners to do the scary thing, which is get your accountability partnership started because it is worth doing the scary thing when it's the right match. Yeah. I echo all of that, Dallas. Thank you. Thank you for being so brave and putting it in the Facebook group in the first place. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to to say yes. Yes, I'm happy I did. I really am. So let's shift gears and grab bag this, shall we? We're going to shift gears. I told Allie it might be really fun. and I I have no idea what you're going to ask me, but I'm going to hand you the interviewer's chair here and give you an opportunity to ask me anything you want. And I promise I'll answer it. Yes. Okay. So for the listeners, I do want to reiterate that Dallas has no idea what I'm going to ask her. And Dallas, I want to do a speed round of five questions, just like Brene Brown does on the end of her podcast. Is that okay? Okay. Okay. Great. Yep. We'll do it. So I'm going to start with Brene's question that she asks everyone. Dallas, what is currently on your nightstand? My mouth guard? <laughs> can I qualify that question or does that, is this, I just answer it and we move you on. Can keep, you can qualify it. What's up with your mouth guard? <laughs> well, as you know, we're in construction. So our mass, like our bedrooms are being remodeled. So the three of us, it's, we're going on six months now, which is four months longer than I thought. So we've been sharing a bed in a tiny crowded room where there isn't really room for a nightstand. But I do have my mouth, room for my mouth guard because I am a big clincher of teeth. I've actually cracked my teeth before, clinching so hard in my sleep. So my mouth guard keeps me away from the dentist's office. Oh, wow. I didn't know that about you. Okay. So the only thing on your nightstand is a mouth guard. Got it. Okay. Here's a more serious question, Dallas. What are you most proud of right now? I could say so many things. You know what I'm most proud of is my team and the culture that the four of us have worked so, so very hard to create. In the last couple of months, we have had to have, I can think of three off the top of my head. It could even be more. I have had to have three conversations, one with everybody actually, that in not long ago, Allie would have been so, we would have all just avoided them. It would, they would have been hard to have. And we're all just showing up with so many skills and tools and such grace and such clear agreements about what it is we're building and how we are meant to operate together that I'm really, really proud of my team and how they show up and, and what we're building. It's really cool. You should be proud. And, you know, I get to see behind the scenes as you focus on that week in and week out. And I've seen how much time and mental bandwidth that you you're investing there. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that it's paying off. It's great. Thank you. You're welcome. Question number three, what have you given up over the past year? Other than exercise? (laughs) (laughs) Could be exercise. No more exercising for you? (laughs) 
How about your weightlifting? You used to be a weightlifter, right? Yeah, I'm still doing my weight training, my geriatric weight training. I do, and I that was a joke. But what have I given up this year? I have given up... I feel like I've given up a lot of things, actually. This has been like a year of releasing. But I have given up... This is a little bit personal, but like unrealistic expectations of my relatives. I think you know, we all fall into these roles with our family members and it's easy to wish that our, whoever it is behaved differently, like behaved according to our fantasy about who they are or how their air quotes are supposed to be. And when I, this year, more than any other year, I've, I took work, but I have let that go. And I just have so much more room in my heart because I've just learning to I mean, this sounds so cliche, but accept people for who they are. Thank you for sharing that. That's vulnerable. Well, none of my relatives are going to listen to this podcast, <laughs> so we're fine. Right. <laughs> Realistic expectations. Exactly. Ready to play there. <laughs> I like this. Okay, I've got two questions left for you. Let, let's do a lighthearted one. What has been your best pandemic purchase? My mullet. <gasps> your mullet. I love my mullet. I love your mullet, too. I just really love, I spend too much time loving my mullet, if I'm being honest. And I don't know that it was like how it was pandemic related. Oh, I do. Because I had to find a new hair stylist because the one I had wasn't going to do hair anymore. And then I got my mullet and I am grateful for my mullet. I liked brainstorming these questions because I got to fantasize about what your answers might be. And I got curious about if your trampoline was a pandemic purchase or not. Yes, my trampoline was a pandemic. That was a Mother's Day gift. And I like my hair better than my trampoline. Well, yeah, now your mullet, like <laughs> while you're jumping on the trampoline, the hair can flow and, and all of that. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Dallas, I've got one more question for you. Okay. What is a big, big goal that you are working towards? Oh, I had this vision like two days ago. I woke up in the morning lately, and I should look this up. Lately, I've been waking up in the morning. This is so specific with 80s rock ballads like playing in my mind, but it's always the harmony and not the melody. Like I'm wait this morning, it was Amanda. I think it's the band Boston. Do you know that song? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. In my mind, and I'm singing the harmony to that song. It's very odd, but that's been going on for a couple of weeks. But about three days ago, I woke up and I did not have a rock ballad in my mind. Instead, I suddenly had this question, which was, what if I had a coaching certification school that focused on coaching skills, right? And then you move into like values-driven marketing skills and it was all in one place. So that's like a very early, I haven't shared that with anyone, but that's a very early, the bubblings of that big goal are are present, at least in my dreams. Anyhow. Well, it's funny because when you shared that with me, I'm like, oh yeah, duh, that's, that's what you're working towards. I knew that. Didn't we all know that, Dallas? Yeah, maybe. That's your big goal. I see you achieving that. Thank you. And thank you for the questions. That was super fun. You're welcome. I spent zero time trying to guess what you were going to ask me, and that worked out in my favor. Good. It's also on brand. Zero time preparing, <laughs> right? <laughs> Can I ask you one last question? A fun one? Yeah, please. Are you team? This is something I ask all my friends as I evaluate the friendship. 
Are you team cake or team pie? Oh, cake. (gasps) Thank gosh. Okay. Yes, that is the right answer. (laughs) Do people answer pie? Yeah. I mean, my husband's team pie and it's made me reevaluate everything. Completely. I'm really sorry to hear that. (laughs) All right. So let's leave our our listeners with maybe like a concrete action step. If you could, someone who's thinking about, oh, I would really like an accountability partnership. What should I know? Right. What's one thing you would want them to know? And then I'll answer that question as well. Great. I think it comes down to getting really, really clear on what a successful accountability partnership looks like for you before you extend the invitation to others. Agreed. And the other thing I will offer is you're not really going to know how well it works until you try it. So be open to it working, but also be open to it not working. And then you can like find the next match. Yeah, totally. And Dallas, I think your listeners also need to hear that if it doesn't work, that's okay, right? It's just like dating, right? Like you've got to try on different people and different personalities before you figure out what you like and don't like. And it's not a reflection of you not being a good accountability buddy, It's just a reflection that that's not what you're looking for in a partnership. Yeah. And I think uh, to that point, I think we all go through seasons where we need different kinds of support and different levels of support. So you just may not be in a season where a partnership works. Totally. All right, Allie Ball. Thank you. This was so much fun. Thanks for having me, Dallas. Yeah, of course. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you back here next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review. Do all of the things (laughs) to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us, and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So let's be Insta friends. Head on over to Instagram and look for my new handle. Again, it's Dallas Travers Biz Mentor. You can do that now, and you just might find some funny reels while you're there. So believe me when I tell you, it'll be worth it. Okay. Thanks again for tuning in. I truly appreciate that you make time to listen to this show and I hope you have a wonderful week.